My name is Aaron Hall. I'm a business attorney regularly dealing with franchise issues. Often people who are looking at buying into a franchise hire me to analyze the franchise agreement, the state disclosures, and to generally scrutinize the franchise opportunity to make sure that before they sign on the dotted line, they understand what they're getting into. The purpose of this video is to answer frequently asked questions regarding buying into a franchise. Now, franchisors come in a couple different categories. Typically, a franchisor is either making a significant amount of money on the front end by selling the franchise, or on the back end, or over time, I should say, by the monthly payments that come in. And then, of course, you have hybrids. But it's important to understand that those are the two different models and ideally, you want to see a franchise opportunity that has both components. The reason is that best aligns with the economic realities of the opportunity. In other words, the franchisor has upfront costs with training you and getting you set up. And so it makes sense that you share that cost. And then the franchisor has ongoing costs in supporting you. And so it makes sense that you, be, you share that cost. Here's the problem if the cost is too much up front. What incentive does the franchisor have to support you over time? They already got all their money. Here's the problem with the expensive costs over time. It just adds up and that is a lot of money to be paying out on a monthly basis. Now, between the two, that's not uh, the worst option, but I like to see kind of a combination which reflects the upfront costs it's also important to know that there are big uh, franchise brokers, FranNet, for example, uh, FranChoice, I believe, is another one. These companies typically get paid on the front end, and typically it's thirty, forty, maybe seventy thousand dollars for selling you a franchise. Typically, they will target executives who are preparing to retire or have retired. They're kind of tired of corporate America. They've had this entrepreneurial bug within them and they want to build their own business, but they don't want to start from scratch. They say, you know what? I'm in my fifties. I'm in my sixties. I want to give it a good go for five, 10 years and uh, then look at selling the business or passing it on. So typically these franchise brokers target executives who are preparing for uh, the excitement of entrepreneurism. Now, the problem is um, often running a franchise is rolling up your sleeves and getting dirty. And so uh, that can be quite a transition. It's also a high degree of risk that you often don't see in corporate America, at least risk that you yourself are facing. Because typically when you sign these franchise agreements, you're signing with a personal guarantee, meaning not only is everything in the business at risk, but whatever you've saved up is at risk. Now, I recommend that clients thoughtfully consider, do they really want to sign a personal guarantee? Franchisors often will uh, insist on that, but you can push back with some of them. Franchisors will also insist on your spouse signing a personal guarantee. I highly discourage that. There's no reason a spouse needs to be on the hook for your liability. 
I get it. Franchisors want as many people to be liable as possible, but that's not in your best interest. And frankly, if the business goes under, it makes sense to have a spouse who can at least keep paying the bills and at least has some assets there. You don't want to sink both ships because where are you going to live then? And how are you going to handle a situation where you both end up going bankrupt? So personal guarantees and spousal guarantees are important considerations. Uh, the fee structure is an important consideration. The other thing to look at is how are you going to get out? Kind of what's worst case scenario? What's best case scenario? Often, both of those scenarios are really bad for you as the franchise buyer. Here's what I mean. If things don't go well, you can't pay the franchisor. That means you're going to get stuck with their fees, their cancellation fees. You're on the hook for all the breaches of contract, and you typically are on the hook for their legal fees as well. That's expensive. Not only did your business fail and you lost everything you put into it, but now you're personally liable for all the legal expenses that the franchisor suffered. Now, let's say the business goes really well and you want to sell it. Well, unfortunately, most franchise agreements say that you can't sell it without the franchisor's permission. They have a right to charge fees to the person who's buying it from you. And the person who's buying it from you has to agree to the current franchise agreement in existence at that time. And typically there are some other uh, requirements on there. In many cases, franchisors, I'm sorry, franchisees who I've worked with who want to sell their business, they can't sell them because it's not economically viable. The buyers say, hey, I'm really interested. I'd love to buy the business. But because of all of the fees and costs that have to be paid to the franchisor, the buyer says, I can't afford this. It doesn't make good economic sense. And then what happens? Well, typically a franchise agreement says that you can't stop the business and then immediately start competing. There's a non-compete agreement there. Typically it's between two and three years. So you can't stop the business and avoid paying the franchisor by reopening under another name. So what do you do? You can't sell it. You can't stop it. You have to close it down. And typically the franchisor has a right to take all of the assets and continue to run the business. So let's look at this. The franchisor has a financial interest in this business being canceled by you, terminated by you, and handed over to them. And if you sell it, they have a lot of fees as well. So the problem here is that a lot of franchisees who buy into a business think, hey, I'm going to build this and sell it someday. That'll be my retirement nest egg. Unfortunately, it doesn't pan out that way. These are some of the big picture issues, some big economic issues and big risks. When I work with clients, I analyze the franchise agreement and talk with them about the specific considerations, causes and, uh, clauses and provisions that uh, might be problematic for them. I also share with them whether there's room for negotiation based on what I've typically seen in negotiating with franchisors and what their options are. 
perhaps some creative ways to make this deal work. I'm Aaron Hall. For additional information or if you have other questions, feel free to see the link below and uh, you can see how to contact me.